0: You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham, episode one seventy four, covering civil defense and Meridian. Hi, friends. It's us hey. again.
1: Your wow. good, great friends from. And also Matt. Two countries.
0: Yep. Two guys from two countries talking about two episodes of Star Trek.
1: All around the world.
0: All, no. The the furthest we get is the UK occasionally when, when Irish Gav joins that, us. That,
1: that's true. We, st- we need to get some Australians on this show.
0: Uh, we know an Australian. We do. We could probably do that. And an
1: Antarctican.
0: Yeah, that's true. We need to cover all the continents. Yes. I mean, we, we also have left Africa out of there.
1: But, yep. Uh, and Peru. The continent of Peru. The
0: continent of Peru. Yes. Well, that's where all those Peruvians are from. We
1: can get uh, Paddington Bear on here.
0: Is Paddington Bear from Peru? Yes. I thought he was from England.
1: Nope. Came up all the time. He was from Peru. Really? He was a Peruvian bear. I think you're probably wrong about that. I challenge you to a finding out where Paddington Bear is from. Off. Well, what we'll does that Because I'm after going the to show. win.
0: We'll do that after the show. You're bluffing because you know I can't look stuff up, or or I'll just completely wander off. And
1: that's that's true. You'll fall sh- down a uh, Paddington bear hole.
0: Yeah, which happens a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Oddly enough,
0: isn't isn't that where he lives in a in hole? a Paddington bear hole? In, in a hole in Peru? Yes. Sure. That whole Peru bear. This uh this this reimagining that we've done of Paddington Bear is probably not going to sell.
1: We're going to be contacted by whoever owns the rights to Paddington Bear to do the uh, <coughs> computer animated Paddington Bear reboot.
0: Yes. Well, he's he's got to be voiced by some, like, edgy comedian.
1: Shrek. He'll be yes. voiced by Shrek.
0: He'll be voiced by Shrek, the edgiest comedian <laughs> of his generation. <laughs> and, uh, and and it'll feature some kind of wisecracking, some kind of sidekick. Yep. Yeah. And, this... it'll open, and it'll
1: open with a Smash Mouth song.
0: Of course. Oh, God. Don't get me started on Smash Mouth songs.
1: Hey, now, you're a Paddington oh, Bear. God. Right, get your bear hole.
0: There's this, uh... <clears throat> Bear hole. Get your bear hole. All right. Why don't we talk about Star Trek mash? Oh right. Before I go off on the tangent of the Smash Mouth infinite mashup that I've been listening to, that actually was really good. It is quite good, but but uh, yeah, it is right. not Star Trek. However, Let, let's not talk about how uh, Smashing Pumpkins and Lover Boy go together perfectly. Mm-hmm. Let's instead talk about the episode. What's called self? No, it's not called self defense. It's called civil defense. It's called self hypnosis. Self hypnosis. I went to a comedy show last night, and the act after the comedy troupe was uh, was a hypnotist. I did not feel the need to stick around for that. No. No one wants to see a hypnotist.
1: <laughs> apparently somebody did. Ape- but, attention uh... hypnotists in our audience.
0: And it, it wasn't a comedy hypnotist either, it was a real hypnotist. Just a regular hypnotist. Yep. Wow! And and not the, uh, like, stop smoking now kind either.
1: Oh my god, I'm sorry, apparently I was wrong. It's not, it, is, it is in fact 1988.
0: Yep. Well, in, in Seattle, anyway. The year when hypnotists reigned supreme. I guess. That's your memory of 1988. Yep. I remember like things like Spuds McKenzie and Alf, but you know.
1: In my defense, my brother and sister were also born in 88, so I had a lot going on.
0: Yeah, well, and, and you were also hypnotized to forget everything that happened.
1: That's the thing. It turns out I never actually had a brother and sister.
0: Oh, that's very strange. Now, why don't I tell you about the episode what's called Civil Defense?
1: Oh, very well.
0: Having quit his job as Chief O'Brien's unpaid intern, Jake is down in the ore processing unit... ...helping Chief O'Brien. This seems like an inconsistency until you remember that we've established that Jake is a writer, so it's not all that unrealistic that he'd be off doing anything but what he's supposed to be doing. <laughs> Fucking writers. Cisco wanders down to see what his boys are up to. I have no idea why I phrased it like that, I guess he's adopted Chief O'Brien in my mind? And an old Cardassian anti-terrorism program activates. Doors around the station are sealed, threatening recordings of Gul Dukat appear on the screens, and each character sizes up the pairing or group they'll be stuck in for the next little while as this crisis plays out. Odo and Quark are locked in Odo's office together, no surprise there, and up in Ops it's the Bashir, Kira, and Dax show, with special guest Garrick, who has just enough access to get up to Ops and tell everyone he can't do anything about uh, helping because he's just a simple tailor and how would a simple tailor know anything about access codes and spying? What? Nobody said spying? Every attempt to disarm or circumvent the security measures just make things worse, even declaring Jake executive officer in charge of radishes isn't helping. Responding to the distress call, Gul Dukat struts in and starts making ridiculous demands about getting the station back and also accidentally showing his Robothamian lust for Kira. But then, in a turn that we all saw coming and yet all still found hilarious, the security system locks Dukat out and an image of his superior officer appears on the screens, shaming him for attempting to abandon his post in a crisis. Thankfully, Sisko's plan of using explosive ore to destroy the fusion core ends up working, destroying exactly enough to disable all the countermeasures, but not enough to actually hurt anyone. And so, with nothing standing between him and a productive day's writing, Jake begins to eye the fire alarm and wondering if he could trick Nog into pulling it. Here we go again!
1: Uh,
0: Well, so this one was great. This one was great, and on paper, it's like, wow, that's... That's like an early season one. We're using the easy ideas concept. Yeah.
1: And also something it, like it also reads like something we've seen before. Like it's very much disaster.
0: Yeah. I, I made myself a, a little deal that I would only make one disaster reference in this summary. I well, had, you
1: picked exactly the right one.
0: I, I had several jokes in there about Keiko giving birth and uh, <laughs> singing Farah and so forth, but I, I decided uh, Executive in Charge of Radishes was the
1: right call. Save the rest for when we get to Voyager and the episode that's exactly like these two.
0: Yeah, and, and Memory Alpha points out that the Voyager episode, da, 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 or no, no, this episode is exactly like the Voyager episode, this. I was like, wait a minute, you're making it sound like this show's ripping off Voyager, which literally just started at this point. Yep. I this episode
1: care. was largely ripped from the episode of Star or of Voyager, Caretaker,
0: <laughs> which was literally the only Star Trek episode that exi- or uh, Voyager episode that existed at that point. Yes. God, imagine if that was the only Star Trek episode that existed.
1: Oh my God, well, we
0: certainly wouldn't be doing this show. Well, we would. We'd be done by now. No, that's true. We'd review Caretaker and then go have a slurpee.
1: <laughs> I like this plan. Let's do that.
0: Yeah, we we will. In... Except
1: for the uh let's not review Caretaker. Well we have to. In... Let's just go just let's just go get Slurpees.
0: In twenty sixteen or so we'll we'll have to do that. Mm. That's okay, then we can go watch Avengers two. Uh that's true. And uh and lots of other things. Yeah. Maybe the new Star Trek movie will be out by then. Ooh. It'll be the fiftieth anniversary of Star Trek, so so there's that.
1: There's gotta be something happening, right?
0: Yep. But yeah, on paper this is like like you say, an idea that we've seen before and also a very simple idea. Yes. And even an idea we've seen on this show to some extent because we had the uh, first season episode where the uh, language virus, like the Cardassian computers, had a oh, defense sure, mechanism sure, that made everything go crazy. And, yeah. So, I mean, we've already sort of done that here. But th- this this was great. And apparently, according to Memory Alpha, the, the writers had a fuck of a time, like, trying to get it in shape.
1: Yeah, I mean, it clearly was designed to be a very simple bottle episode, you know? Yeah,
0: I mean, you separate the characters and then you have each team of characters struggling within their their little group to solve a problem and maybe have a little interpersonal conflict yeah that's it that's all you do <laughs> but, I mean
1: it almost pretty much it pretty much only uses sets that we already had yep I don't Except know some of those mining... The hell, uh,
0: like the 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 mining set we start out with and then all the places that O'Brien and Cisco and Jake are crawling around to don't look familiar to me
1: no but they I mean the uh the first mining set they're in I could see that the rest of them look very like they were very easy to well yeah sort they were like thrown together
0: like narrow you know passages yeah. and stuff like that sure but uh I mean they did have to build a little bit yeah most of it took place in in ops or Odo's office mm-hmm. so yeah um but it it was great and oh, the yeah. escalating danger was very much by the books like it was just like at the at, at each act break suddenly the countermeasures would be up to level two level yep. three level four but somehow it, it just it worked it was it was very entertaining and uh my, my good thing in particular, was uh, just Dukat's, the, the the lovely sort of hubris he has of strolling on, like, well, oh, you guys need my help. and Be- then,
1: Best entrance ever. He just sort of beams onto the station. It's like, let me guess.
0: Oh, well, what's going on here?
1: You tried to use my access codes, didn't you? Yep. Uh, I can't leave you guys alone for a minute, can I?
0: And then he's, like, implying that he's just going to let everyone die unless they give the station back to the Cardassians and yep. all this stuff. and and creepily sort of making the moves on Kira. Yeah. And then it all turns around on him. Mm-hmm. That, like, not five minutes later, it's like, uh, hey, you're trying to abandon your post. Well, you're going to die too. Uh, you get some great
1: acting out of Dukat for that too. Yeah. He just, just as soon as this little video pops up of some dude we've never seen before going, well, Ducat, clearly you've shown your true colors by trying to, es- to escape from the station. And he just gets this great... Oh, this is this does not look good for old Ducat.
0: No, especially after all that posturing I did in front of these people.
1: Oh, they're never going to let me live this one down. I'm going to look like such a fool.
0: And and uh the the great uh stuff between him and uh Garrick. Yep. Where there's some quibbling there apparently some secret history there about Garrick killing his dad or something. I don't they, know. They
1: basically spend the entire episode sniping at each other.
0: Right, which is, I, I would love that. I would love an entire episode of that. But that makes it even more delicious mm-hmm. because the Starfleet guys are still in danger. They still kind of need this guy's help. Plus, they're not really jerks. But Garrick has no problem saying, nope. Oh, so, uh, so your, uh, your, your life is in danger now too, huh? Well, isn't it ironic, Gul
1: Yeah. I could have done that. Aren't a lot of things ironic
0: today? The, the actual phrasing that really bugs me that appears in this show and every show ever is it's ironic, isn't it? Mm. Like that actual line should just go away. Yep. That should never appear in anything ever again. I'm not saying people shouldn't point out irony. Just don't do it exactly that way. No. Ironic, isn't it? No. Isn't it? No,
1: it's not. Tell me it's ironic.
0: but my my good thing was definitely that whole ducat, the the little mini arc of I, I hesitate to call it an arc because it all really happened. It all played out in the same act. Mm. it all it all happened in about five minutes. But having him. Strut in like like he owns the place again. Yep, and then knocked down to the same level that they were. Yep, like almost instantly it was just delightful. Suddenly he's
1: huddled around the table with the rest of them trying to think of
0: ideas, spouting off techno babble. I feel like he wanted to be on the show more, and they're like, "Okay, well you can be, but you're gonna have to rattle off a bunch of crap about fusion generators and and you know uh, I don't know there was all kinds of techno babble." Here,
1: read this off. It's exactly what Jordy said back in season three of TNG. Yep. No one will notice.
0: But, um, you know, it was, it was good to have him around, and, mm-hmm. and he carried it as much as anyone else did.
1: I fucking love that character. Yeah.
0: And actually, my, my bad thing is, uh, speaking of techno Technobabble, is Dax basically is just there. Like, she's got LaForgian levels of ridiculous... Like, if we reroute the primary, blah, 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 and you make, it makes you realize how little they've done that with her so yeah. far, because it felt really sort of just out of character. And then... Mm-hmm. At one point, she burns her hands and she turns into this weird look. Li- oh nice. Like she actually, she makes a noise that like early Luke Skywalker would have made. Uh. Yeah, it was it was not good. And we'll see in the next episode even more Dax.
1: Yeah, not this is not a great week for that for Dax.
0: No, we remember Dax being so great. Where did that memory come from? I don't from? know.
1: it's, it's got to happen, right? It has to happen eventually.
0: We might have just remembered it wrong. Like, were we distracted by how gorgeous she is? Uh, maybe. It's possible. I mean, there's certainly other attractive women on this show. Oh, definitely. You know, there's there's plenty to go around. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I don't know. It's weird, because my memory of her is that she hit the ground running, and she was a great character all along, and she's not been that great. And no. Again, we'll touch on this more in the next episode, but she was not great in this one either. She
1: kind of hit the ground weeping.
0: Yep. Or giving up. Mm-hmm. A lot of giving up, waiting for, for death.
1: Yep, that's what I like to see for my for my sci fi heroes.
0: Yeah, particularly you know your your uh, your your female leads mm-hmm. who are, who have you know uh, Troy and Bever to make up for.
1: Yeah, what's that famous quote? Always say die.
0: Yeah, yeah, that famous it. quote. Oh my hands.
1: Uh, uh,
0: <sighs> and it's weird because Jake isn't like that. Nope, the, the Jake's guy awesome. You, you'd expect to be wanting, but he is. Not fearless, which I like. No, there's a couple of times where Cisco's like, "Go, go ahead, climb up in that thing," and he's like, "Uh,
1: I don't really want to climb up into that thing." That was actually kind of my bad thing. Really? That uh, there's that. It's a really small one, but I had a hard time picking one because I really like this episode. Mm-hmm. There's the scene right at the beginning when they're still locked in the uh, ore processing chamber, and they realize they can crawl, they can send Jake up a pipe, right, to save the day. Cisco is sort of just like automatically goes, Yeah, all right, get up there, save us. Yep. I just it I felt a little out of character for him not at least, you know, say something like, I don't want my son going up some pipe.
0: Well yeah, it's weird in his head because he would do that with Starfleet guys. Yeah. All right, ensign, you're small, get up there. But yeah. it's weird that yeah, he wouldn't even hesitate to to ask his kid to go up yeah. there, right.
1: It just seemed a little off to me.
0: A little. But yeah, you're right, you are sort of uh you're sort of straining to find, you know. Yeah. There's not, there's not a lot. It's a, to find. It was a
1: real. It was a really good episode.
0: Yeah, and and like I was saying before on Memory Alpha, apparently they had a hell of a time like putting this together.
1: Yeah, apparently this is a nightmare to
0: shoot. Like, uh, no, not to shoot, just to write. Yeah. All the writers, like, they went through a bunch of drafts. Like, every writer took a pass at it, and they mm-hmm. just couldn't make it work. And and it's weird how it came together so smoothly. Yeah, like all
1: that 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 many people were like trying to work on a script that clearly wasn't working. Yeah. Got this thing. Like, it's yeah. such a perfect episode.
0: And it's so... Like, I like how small it is. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just the guys we know mm-hmm. in a very simple situation uh, having to help each other out. And that's it. And, yeah. And, and it was good.
1: Well, and my good thing is bas- i I love that the theme of this episode is basically, whoops...
0: yeah everyone's trying to help and everything they do to help just makes it worse like
1: it just starts off with uh, Chief O'Brien pushing a button by mistake that button shuts down everything and then the rest of the episode is just well what if we did whoops
0: yep but then if we
1: stop it by oh
0: Cisco's plan at one point is like okay it thinks we're Bajoran miners who have taken over Uh, computer we surrender Okay, you have three minutes to surrender to the Cardassian guards that have to put in their codes, or else we're going to pump in poison gas. Whoops. Oh, fuck.
1: Oh, dear.
0: And you got those great recordings from Dukat that pop up every time a new situation happens. And you just imagined that he recorded, like, a contingency for every possible, you know... Yep. Every possible scenario.
1: We were doing that for the rest of the episode. Attention, Bajoran workers! We noticed that you've gone into the restroom...
0: Attention Bajoran workers, the- the corner shop on the promenade is out of Jumjot sticks.
1: n gas is now being pumped into the habitat ring.
0: (laughs) They all end with Nurocene gas, of course. You have
1: 15 minutes to restore the Jumjum sticks to the- to the section.
0: I thought it was Jumjot like Domjot. Oh, whatever. I don't.
1: For, know. Please, for the good of your Bajoran families, act quickly.
0: Well, you know, he only pumps poison gas through the vents to, for the good of the Bejoran. For the people. good of the
1: Bajoran people, yes.
0: Right. I just, I love how very Cardassian it all is. Yep. There's no way to get out of the situation without having like having put in codes and like mm-hmm. knowing the right protocols and like like it's all very bureaucratic. like bureaucracy can solve this problem and that's it. If you don't have the correct you know, passwords. Yeah, that's it. You're dead. Something about that just fits the the image of the Kardashians that they've been building.
1: It, this is one of those things that I find absolutely terrifying.
0: Like your computer's going to do this to you, and yeah, you just, my
1: computer's we- going to lock up. it's like, oh, all you have to do is put in this password you made up five years ago. Yep. And it's not, <laughs> and it's not one of your normal ones. It's because uh, you thought you were going to be clever this time and think of something new. Well, now you're doomed.
0: I read one of those articles that said you absolutely should not use the same password for any two things ever. And so I started using different passwords for everything. And oh, I couldn't remember any of them. Oh! that's I wrote them all down on a
1: phone three phones ago.
0: God. And you literally wrote it on the phone,
1: too. Yes, exactly.
0: Like in Sharpie.
1: I got a Sharpie. Yep. Look, what else am I gonna use a Sharpie for, huh? If they didn't want me to draw on my phone, then how come it has the ability to draw on my phone now?
0: Answer me that. Well, the Sharpies are basically magic. It's true. I mean, they don't crash. No. I've never heard of a Sharpie crashing. No. And you can use them on basically anything. Mm Mm-hmm. They're they're magical. By the way, we'd like to welcome our new sponsor this week, Sharpie.
1: Sharpie. For the pen who has everything. What? Yeah.
0: (laughs) What is that? What? (laughs) Never mind. Look,
1: I just read the type they give me, okay?
0: It's called copy, Matt.
1: Yes, the copy type that they wrote in sharpie and handed to me.
0: Ah, oh, of course. I got sharpie on my hand. Does it come off, or no. is it just there's a permanent, like like a trill spot on my finger now. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, fair
1: enough. I hope you like having the word dicks written on your hand.
0: Well, I had to remind myself to buy some dicks on the way. <laughs> <laughs> How else am I going to do that am on I my phone? To remember to
1: buy dicks, or the dicks need changing. What? <clears throat> I should have put more context on this thing.
0: No, I needed. To, I needed to buy a bag of dicks. <clears throat> a wet bag of dicks? <laughs> sure. Uh, there's a There's a bit where uh, Quark and Odo are locked in, and uh, that their whole thing. I mean, you know, at this point, that does kind of write itself. Uh, yeah. Here's Quark and Odo in a room together. Well, that's just going to be good because mm-hmm. the writers have known those characters from minute one, and those actors have known the characters from minute one. They're just they're that's been the perfect relationship on the show. From the beginning, yeah, but it's still great.
1: I um, I like uh, Cork swings by Odo's office to complain because of all the Ducat.
0: Well, he doesn't complain. He's like, uh, "Is should I be worried about this? Yeah. You're you're the one who would know."
1: But then uh, he just sort of decides to stick around. Yeah, he's like, "Oh no, no is, company."
0: He says, "This is the safest place in a crisis. I'm I'm going to be right here."
1: huh. which is code for I'd rather be with you.
0: Yep, what you doing. Hey, buddy. Be, I I get you. I'll, I'll go grab you a drink from the bar if you want. Can I help? So you can keep uh, working.
1: Not unless you have Cardassia and access level nine.
0: He's like, well, I only got level seven. Wait a minute, I only have level four.
1: <laughs> and well, Cisco's if you'd like, like to
0: buy one. Cisco's like, how many levels is that? <laughs> is that more or less? But yeah, it's weird that Odo would say, not unless you have high high clearance levels. And mm-hmm. oh, he's quark. He might. He probably does. Let's not rule that out. No. Yeah. But there's a there's there's some genuinely touching but not overly touching moments between the two of them too where it's like they think they're going to die. Yeah. And Odo says something nice about Quark and Quark says something nice about Odo. Mm. Yeah, it's just, it's
1: I like it. It's a, the last scene in the episode is actually really great because it's the two of those the two of them sort of walking away.
0: Yeah, and sort of a a, a conversation that kind of fades out because you get the idea kind of thing and mm. yeah, it's it's very sort of classic comedy like I thought you said you. I was the most devious friend you know. Who do you know who's more devious? And then Odo just starts listing them.
1: Yep. Well, like, there's the Grand Nagus. Your brother,
0: yeah. Rom. My brother! <laughs>
1: Let's see. Uh, your cousin, Gala.
0: That's one of those great running jokes that it's just, it's one of those dumb, like, it doesn't really mean anything. I don't think it comes up plot wise, but no. uh, Quark has a cousin who bought a moon.
1: Yeah. And he's really jealous of him.
0: Yep. And it's just it's one of those fun little every now and then he'll bring up cousin Gala who owns a moon and it's just it's funny, I think.
1: I believe Cousin Gala who owns a moon eventually shows up.
0: I think he does, you're right. Probably played by Jeffrey Coombs. Yep.
1: He's got a (laughs) Jeffrey Moons. Yeah. What?
0: No. That's terrible. That's Uh, almost as bad as whatever the hell you said about Sharpies and Pens.
1: No, it was better than that.
0: Well. (laughs) That's probably true. Our our (laughs) aborted like one minute. Uh, previous intro that, that crashed and we had to redo was better than that. Mm. Uh, Just uh, using that as an
1: excuse to make sure I'm still recording, and I am. Okay, good.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, now you have to put in an access password to. Uh...
1: Oh, god damn it. Now it's asking me what Ducat's mother's maiden name was. Oh,
0: man. It's, it's not Doris. Doris. Right? It's not Doris.
1: Damn it. It's a fine Cardassian name, Doris.
0: Yep. That certainly conjures up a very specific image.
1: Lunch Lady Gold Doris. (laughs) More testicles means more iron, Commander.
0: (laughs) There's very little meat in these sweaters. (laughs) I actually don't have a ton to say about this. Like, I really liked it, but it's one of those that's like, because the plot was so simple and because the character interactions were so fairly straightforward, it's not like there's a lot to analyze. It
1: was a very tight episode.
0: Yeah, it was, but it there's just there's not a lot to say for me. Yeah, I mean, let me what, what see here you? if
1: I can find my notes. Because like everything that's going is like a very quick, very uh very smooth action sequence. You know, yeah, even and, when it's just like
0: standing around. The constant escalation, like there's no long drawn out no, periods. There's no, of, there's you no know.
1: time to breathe in the episode. That's one. Of, that's one yeah. of the things that makes it so good.
0: And, and in that way, it is very similar to Next Gen's disaster mm. because that episode also, I remember being quite tight and just so much going on that, that every time a, a scene was in danger of petering out, you could just cut to the other guys, mm-hmm. which was nice. And everybody's action sort of fed on the other people's, like, like Cisco trying to do something ended up shutting all the doors and ops and that ended up locking Odo in. Yep. Like, you know, just now we got more of,
1: problems.
0: Yeah, Everything affected everything else, which was cool, because you feel like there aren't just separate shows happening. They're all sort of interconnected. Yeah. Which is good.
1: Like, the stuff that's going on over here should be affecting these guys. Right. It, you know,
0: and when it's written well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's weird, because we don't like shows that have, you know, the manufactured, boring, deadly danger. But this whole episode was deadly danger, and it was, it was good. Well, yeah. Because that's what the episode was about, rather than being... An extra level of unnecessary drama.
1: Yeah, while well, we're waiting, while well, the character, while well, the character development stuff that we actually give a shit about is happening, right? There's also, I, I don't know, like an evil marmoset loose on the ship.
0: No, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, it wouldn't.
1: Um, there's a cool the, shot of the of DS9 shooting lightning out of its roof.
0: Yeah, when they, when they, whatever the hell they do to overload the something something, mm-hmm. you know. You're supposed to blow up this part. That's all you need to know. you got to vent yeah.
1: the whatever. Yeah.
0: It, uh, it it makes a bunch of lightning, and, and it, like, bounces off a force field, and it looks cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And uh, cisco has got this great, like, uh, uh, when it happens, like, when everything goes right, he's got this great little finger snap. Yeah. Ah, uh, there we go. I that saved the it. day. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just one of those weird little Avery Brooks flourishes that I like. He's such a weird guy. <laughs> he really is. He's not, like, he's... He, all that kind of stuff he does makes Cisco such a unique yeah. character just because he's got weird little Id- idiosyncrasies that just make him feel mm-hmm. more like a real person and less like a TV character. Yeah. Which I like.
1: It's like because there's no one else on TV who's like this guy. Yeah,
0: but if more people did those kind of things for their characters, TV, you know, it would feel a little more real in a yeah. good way. Like and, and less like I'm playing a stock character. Like as much as we like Garrick, mm-hmm. he's totally just playing like... Sinister villain who's your friend yeah like it's it's very much a an archetype character that you know that's been in a hundred things mm. and he's putting his own spin on it and there's you know there's unique to Star Trek things happening but it's still basically a stock character there's yeah. Cisco you can never quite figure out and I don't just mean like the I'm not saying the finger snap thing is like some major thing I'm saying overall yeah it's like I don't he's I don't just, always know how he's going to react to things because he's he's just weird but he's it never feels inconsistent. No, it feels like there's a there's a fleshed out, defined character there, but he's just not so easy to predict. No, which I like. He's so, like, multifaceted. There you go. And that's I, I get all that out of a out of a finger snap. Mm-hmm. That, that's
1: just well, I mean, and it, it, it's 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 also other
0: things he's done before. No, just the finger snap. Just the finger snap, huh? Yeah, that's well. pretty much it. All right. Anyway, that's all I got. What about you? Yeah, I think so. I didn't
1: have a lot of notes on this one.
0: No, like I said, mostly because was... I was watching it. But I mean, when when lots of things happen in the plot, there's a lot to talk about. When there's a lot of, you know, it's just not much happened when you when you you could literally summarize this episode in maybe a sentence or two.
1: Yeah, everything goes wrong.
0: Yeah, and then like, I, you know, like it it's great to watch, but it's hard to discuss. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I had one last thing. Mm-hmm. There's a shot when, um, oh god, I, we didn't even talk about the, the gun and the replicator.
0: Oh yeah, the replicator just suddenly, instead of spitting out food, creates this little thing that starts shooting lasers at people.
1: Mm-hmm. And then keeps everyone pinned to the floor, so when Gul Dukat shows up, he can just fucking ignore it like a fucking douche nozzle. Yeah,
0: and but, lean to the left a little and stand eh, there and fine. bloat. But
1: uh, there's this scene where uh, when it, like a random red shirt gets vaporized
0: oh, for, god, by yeah, it. He's... He's just like carrying a pad across the room, and then he's, whoop, he's gone, gone, like yep. completely, nothing left. I always feel bad for anyone who dies that way. It's such
1: a stupid way to die.
0: Yeah, it's not like it's not like he's the guy Cisco sent into the danger. No, it's he's not like I du- know I'm risking my life. Here I go.
1: He's some poor idiot who's like, he finally got a job up in ops. You know, he's like yeah. got a real opportunity for advancement now. Walking yeah. across the room, Chief O'Brien pushes the wrong button. Yep. And fucking suddenly, a an old program Guldukht f- forgot he even wrote <laughs> shoots him from across the fucking room, and he's just gone.
0: I feel like there's a there's a there's a, a comedy episode. Well, not comedy, like a dark comedy episode in that. Yeah, where like this dude's family sues Chief O'Brien for wrongful death. <laughs> it's
1: not my fault. I'm sorry for what I done. Did you or did you not push this button? Well, actually, Jake did it. Yes, <laughs> it was him. Oh boy! Let's all be mean to Jake.
0: <clears throat> That's what we could call the episode. Let's all be mean to Jake. There you go. All right. Well, my quote is that there were a lot of good little lines, but this one from from Cisco reacting to the uh, to the endless uh, stream of Gul Dukat messages <laughs> just delighted me. You know, I never knew how much this man's voice annoyed me. I mean that was a pretty obvious choice, but uh, sometimes you go for the obvious choice because yeah, it's great. Sometimes because it's no trouble at all. Nope. All right, Matt, we've we've been we've been praising this show for too long.
1: Yeah, let's move on on to a turd.
0: That's a that's a thing I've brought up a few times that that came up came to my attention at, at Emerald City this year that we're we're too nice to this show that we, we love it indeed. too much. Well. You know, if you feel that way, I can see that. It's a totally valid criticism, but uh, maybe you should pay attention when we review episodes like Meridian.
1: So, you don't like good episodes of Deep Space Nine, do you?
0: (sighs) (sighs) Alright, so a new
1: day dawns on DS9 as Kira and Odo hang out and discuss eating, you know, like normal. Then Kira is approached by a rogue, Jeffrey Coombs, who has been trying to ensack her since last night. (laughs) Kira gives Jeffrey Coombs the old, hey, turns out I'm dating Odo, pal, sorry about that. Simultaneously debuffing Jeffrey Coombs, and making Odo depressed because of his true feelings of Kira Love. Meanwhile, in the Gamma Quadrant, the Defiant is crewed by idiots. Seriously guys, look. I'm sorry, I love you all to death, but you've just encountered a very powerful, very angry race of shape-shifting assholes who do not want you in their sector. So what do you do? Oh, nothing, just wander on in and start poking around in the Gamma Quadrant with a stick? So, in their stupid, stupid explorations, the Defiant encounters the mysterious planet of Meridian. It's basically the Brigadoon of Star Trek, which is a concept so dumb I can't believe it took until DS9 to get to it. It's a planet that spends most of its time incorporeal in another dimension, with voyeuristic intentions, and every certain amount of time, Meridian becomes corporeal for a certain amount of time, and then, after that certain amount of time, vanishes again for a certain amount of time. AND THAT CERTAIN AMOUNT OF TIME IS GETTING SHORT! Sisko resolves to do whatever he can, can to help, and Dax resolves to bang the first dude she finds that compliments her spots. Back on the station, Jeffrey Coombs is a giant creep who wants Cork to build him a pornographic holosuite program so that he can bang Kira. Hijinks ensue. Meanwhile on Meridian, science allows the Meridians to stay longer in our dimension next time they roll around, and Dax has fallen head over heels in love, Troy-style. She resolves to stay on the planet with Blandy McWhite Guy, her boring new love interest, even though it means being gone for 60 years. Everyone is sad. But then it turns out that her being there destroys the planet, so instead she just is sad in her quarters alone. Back on DS9, hilarity, the end.
0: Oh, thank God, I thought we'd never get there. (laughs) Okay, so when you say he's trying to ensack her... Yes,
1: he's trying to get her into the
0: sack. Okay, into the metaphorical, let's roll in the hay sack. Yes. Not in, in a literal sack. No. He's not trying to put her in a bag. <laughs> he's mean, not. He's not Black Peter, and he's not going to take her to Spain.
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe if the Hollow Sweet thing hadn't worked out.
0: Okay, let's talk about that first. That B plot. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I guess I mentioned this to you and Amanda, and you both sort of disagree with me that mm. I thought it was a little too far for Cork to go to to make a. a pornographic sweet program about somebody you knows but you guys both said no that's that's pretty in character so yeah. i'll concede that because no. you guys know what you're talking about I, I i
1: feel like he would if he thought he could get away with it
0: i just I, I guess it's more that i don't want him to be that creepy yeah i want him to be unscrupulous i want him to to you know work behind odo's back sometimes and do things that aren't necessarily legal mm-hmm. but i don't like him bringing murderers murderers on the station and i don't like him making porn out of his friends yeah i think those are you know that's kind of where uh, where the line is
1: See, I I can see him doing the porn thing, gross as it is. Mm -hmm. The murder thing is a bridge too far for me. That's where I get... uh...
0: Well, that was the the episode where the dude came and kidnapped Axe, and maybe he didn't realize it was that serious. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But uh, we we talked about it at the time.
1: The thing is, fucking Quark is from a planet of people who don't give a shit what women think. So like uh I guess
0: that's true but we've seen him repeatedly attracted to strong women and and taking their opinions into account. Like he's he's more liberal as far as his culture is concerned.
1: I'm just saying I think that I, I can see him making that making that leap. Yeah, if suppose, the guy's
0: paying enough. Again, I guess it's not out of character cuz you guys both agree that it's not and no. I, yeah, okay, that's fine. But on the other hand, I just don't want him to be that that creepy because that's fucking that's taken the Leah Brahms thing to a new level
1: yeah no I agree I think it's fucking gross I just think it's something fucking gross that he would still do
0: I just and and playing it for laughs when you really think about just how how much of a violation oh yeah it's disgusting I'm not saying they should they should treat it as a crazy heavy-handed like you know Mm. thing but on the other hand it was literally they used like wacky sitcom devices there's a point where he's got a camera pointed at, at Odo and Kira, and they notice him, and they walk over, and he doesn't notice that they've noticed him until right, right when they're on top of him. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you can picture this exact scene the way
1: wah, it unfolds. So, yeah. Although, I guess he's just trying to get a picture of her head, so really he's just planning on pasting her head on uh, some already in there. Uh...
0: No, I think he's trying to get her whole body.
1: Really? Uh, all right.
0: I don't know. I mean, he he I, broke into her personnel files and got all kinds of information about her. That is true.
1: So I don't, I was, I,
0: uh, I don't know.
1: I would have loved for uh, him to program the make the program exactly like Kira, so that when uh, the guy actually gets into the suite, she just yells at him and beats him up.
0: Yep. You that know, like
1: regular Kira would. Right.
0: That would have been great. But it just, it, I don't know. Like it felt.
1: No, I agree. It's weird and gross.
0: Yeah, I mean it had some funny moments. I won't, I won't deny that. Mm. But for the most part, for a minute there, it almost looked like Kira was starting to warm to Quark just a tiny bit. Yeah. And now, well, no.
1: Well, there's that scene where he, where he uh, tricks her into thinking she won a contest, right. and she's just so happy.
0: Well, she's mad at first. Yeah. Mostly because she was tricked into thinking uh, Morn needed her, and and he didn't. And like, M- oh. Morn's in trouble. I'll be right there. Why would you lie about something like that? It's Morn. <laughs> Look, I know you. I know you lie and you cheat and whatever. But but let's not bring Morn into this. Look, thing. come on. Morn didn't do anything. All right. Yeah. Let's let's not uh, let's not cry wolf. Like if if Morn's in trouble, then then I, I got to be here. But don't uh, you know? Don't tease.
1: Poor Kira. She's been playing hard to get with Morn for like two years now.
0: <laughs> well, he is quite the ladies' man, as I am led to understand. Oh yeah. it. Um. So his gross hairs on the top of his head. Who wouldn't want that? That must be it. Mm-hmm. It it just like yeah but for a brief moment she was like she was angry and then she was like i've never won anything in my life and for a minute you almost think she's going to be happy about something yep. dark did and yeah then, it's
1: it's it was it was nice
0: yeah i thought maybe these two like while they may never be friends maybe they'll at least have sort of a a passing <laughs> maybe she'll or,
1: stop being racist to him all the yeah. time
0: no well he's not doing himself any favors with nope them. um that's pretty much all I had to say about the, the, the subplot. There's I not just, a whole lot going on there. It's... Not that there's a ton going on on the other side. No.
1: But <laughs> the other one, at least, they they want us to care about. I don't understand why.
0: Yeah. It's fucking oh, dumb. Uh, be- before we get off the, the, the whole Kira thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my good thing was there's a bit in the teaser at the very beginning where uh, uh, Jeffrey Coombs comes over and is like, so, uh, hey, we were talking last night. Uh, how about it? And she's like, sorry, this is Odo. He's my lover. Uh, yeah. We're lovers. Lovers. We're in love. And I just, I like, I like, um, that, that she calls him her lover. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what she says to a, to a stranger.
1: This is my boyfriend, Odo.
0: No, 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 not boyfriend. Nope. Lover. lover. Like. We were just making love before you got here. This is the guy who's fucking me. hmm Is basically what she says. Like, you gonna do something about it? But it's just it's a that that's that in itself is sort of a wacky sitcom premise that honestly would have made for a better episode if they had to pretend. Oh yeah. Like so that the boss would come over for dinner and they'd have to pretend to be engaged in or love. something. And yeah.
1: But I thought you two were together. Yeah. Oh no, here comes Mr. Furley.
0: <laughs> What's going on in here?
1: And he th- and he thinks Garrick is gay. Well, I don't know why? what would have led him to believe that hello doctor
0: i've got your I've got your flowery kerchiefs here, Mr. Furley huh? all ready for you.
1: I was wondering when they'd show up. <laughs>
0: But that that scene was actually pretty funny. Yes. We should also point out, Jeffrey Coombs, for those who don't know, because we are just sort of throwing this name around, assuming you'd know, this is his sort of first appearance in Star Trek, I believe. Yes. He will go on to play at least two major characters in this series, Mm -hmm. at least one major character in Enterprise, and I think an assortment of others... Uh, throughout, I don't know if he's in Voyager or not, but he's definitely in this show and yeah. Enterprise a lot.
1: Jeffrey Coombs gets work from Star Trek.
0: He is outside of Star Trek, uh, most notable for he was in uh, the Reanimator, I believe. Yeah, he was.
1: He was Reanimator. Uh, he was he the was, voice of the question. Yeah,
0: that's how I know him best was the voice yeah. of the question in uh, JLU, which mm-hmm. was a, a perfect, perfect choice. Yeah. And uh, he's got this creepy air about him, which is weird because apparently he was in line to play Riker at one point.
1: That would have been... I would love to have seen that just because he would have taken the character in such a different direction.
0: I want to see that whole alternate universe where also Wesley Snipes is Geordie. Yep. <laughs> what other what other weird uh, alternate uh, choices do we have? I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, We'd have Troy as Bever. Oh, right. And, um... No, what didn't, uh... Didn't... No, it was Troy as Tasha. That was it. Marina Sirtis that was it. Marina originally... Marina Sirtis uh, says, uh,
1: as Tasha. Yeah. I,
0: that would be a really interesting like alternate universe like uh, fanfic or something mm-hmm. to write. Just like deliberately writing them as as the original cast oh, yeah. might have been. But um, but no, this guy, is he's definitely got a creepy air about him. And they play that up in the other roles that he'll play. He's, so it's, he, it's odd thinking of him as Riker. It's he's cool. got this
1: amazing voice. You know? Yeah, he
0: does. Um... But it's cool. Uh, Jonathan Frakes actually directed this episode, which is probably the only redeeming thing about it. Pretty much, yeah. Because uh, he, some... he
1: does a fair, fairly good job, you know.
0: Yeah, there's a few scenes that are just sort of boring, and the directing actually makes them almost interesting, mm-hmm. but almost not quite. Yeah, we um, still sp-
1: we still spent most of this episode uh, on
0: Tumblr. Yeah, yeah, uh, both times. Yeah, but um, but it's cool that Frakes cast this guy who almost got his job in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like I, I almost, I, I, and and if I understand Memory Alpha correctly, the, the director actually has a hand in in the casting. Mm. So it would be particularly cool just to think, well, I remember that guy. I auditioned with him. He's good. Let's use him. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a nice, one of those Star Trek takes care of its own things. Because a lot own. of guys who pop up, audition for roles originally, or like in Frake's case, were, you know, played roles on other series and are sure. not directing. Or, you know, it's it's just cool that they do that. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, let's talk about the other the main plot, I guess. So,
1: Meridian is basically my bad thing.
0: The whole episode.
1: No, no, I mean the planet. Ah. And everything that happens on the planet. Mm. Um. There's a great quote on Memory Alpha from, I think, Ira Stephen Bear, who is... It was
0: him or Renee Echevarria, I don't yeah, remember offhand. it was
1: one of them. There's a great, anyway, there's a great, great quote from him where he's like, I wanted to do Brigadoon in Star Trek. I don't know what the hell I was thinking.
0: Yeah, it was, it was weird because, like, I went looking for the, you know, looking for the apology, like we say. Mm -hmm. And all of them hated it. Yep. Like, Ron Moore said this was the worst episode of the season. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think somebody else said, "Yeah, this this one was a bit of a mess. We tried to we tried to fix it, and it just didn't." Oh no, it was the uh, uh visual effects guy. I think mm. said, uh, "Yeah, we tried to make it up as we went, and that didn't work. <laughs> it was just like a series of people just saying this was a failure."
1: It's so weird that like we could have the episode before this where no one seemed to know what they were doing, and it resulted in a great episode.
0: Yeah, and this one where they seemed fairly confident in it, and it was a mess. Yeah. Well, the, the, the main problem... Well, the, the two main... Pro- the three main problems... Among the main problems of this episode... <laughs> are fear, surprise, ruthless efficiency. <laughs> um, First of all, Dax falling in love in 30 minutes. We got that old trope of, yeah. of you know, uh, like, the, the Troy falling in love at the drop of any hat.
1: One of the things I love about DS9 is that we don't have very many of those episodes anymore. I mean, they Be- do still happen. Like, there's that one with Julian falling in love with a wish... Or not Julian, uh, uh, Cisco falling in love with a wish.
0: Right. Uh, Julian fell in love with the, uh, with the angry crippled lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which all so the show does do it.
1: It does do it, but it doesn't do it nearly as much as TNG did.
0: Well, the thing is, we're building this world that has a huge extended cast. Like, Mm -hmm. there are lots of recurring characters. You can play out a long-term romance with a character that's going to pop up again and again. Oh, yeah, and they will and so you can you can plant the seeds for that in like season 2 and pay it off in season 5 or something you yeah. know like like that's the advantage of having a show where everyone stays in the same place is you can keep coming back to the relationships and and evolving them so that they don't feel like i've suddenly fallen in love mm-hmm. so that was a big problem the other big problem was we didn't care about the planet at all at all like it, and and that's a that's a thing we've been complaining about since early in the original series mm-hmm. if the main Tension of of the story is something bad's going to happen to these strangers. You better make the strangers really interesting, Daz. Yeah, and they certainly didn't do that. One well, these... something that a phrase that appears in your notes quite a lot is golf course. Yep. These these are the people who it's, live on a golf
1: course. This is the planet of the golf course. Yep. Everything they got that sort of uh, nice putting green. Uh...
0: Yeah, everything's very meticulously like landscaped. Mm-hmm. And yeah, lots of water features. Yep. And yeah, just nice v-
1: sand trap for you to have a picnic in.
0: Yep. Unless someone has to play through, yeah, then you got to move. That's them's the rules.
1: It's just ugh, I hate I didn't I don't even bother to learn his stupid name. I hate Jadzia's new boyfriend so
0: much. I didn't hate him. I just found him to be one of those bland guys that has nothing interesting about him, and like our again our our idea of Dax apparently doesn't match. Real Dax, because so far, not great. No. Still. Like, she's had a couple of good moments now, but she's still the weakest member of the main cast, I would say. (sighs) Yeah. And I just, even, but even my idealized version of Dax, I can't imagine her falling for this guy. Like, I kind of know what her type is right now, and that ain't it.
1: Like, giving up everything to, like...
0: Well, the thing with her is, okay, she's going to go away for 60 years. Mm -hmm. The thing about her is she knows she's going to live for hundreds of years. Mm. So that's going to be a chunk of her life, but it's not going to be that long. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's... She kind of gets the advantage of having a long relationship. Although, what happens if they go to this alternate dimension and, like, two weeks later break up? Yeah. She's stuck for the next, you know, 59 years and 50 weeks. Mm-hmm. What now? Yeah.
1: Go play on the edge of the universe.
0: I guess. It just... It's... I don't know. It they they fell in love in thirty minutes, and we don't care. Yeah, and we don't care what happens to the planet because it's like mm, okay.
1: And it's like I don't know what they were trying to do with him, but there's this the scene where they climb the tree. Like <sighs> I don't is p- his, it,
0: Which is the way to show that he's a crazy free spirit. I yeah. guess.
1: Yeah. No, it's a way to show that he's a fucking boring whatever. I don't give a shit. Yeah.
0: Shut up, guy. It's weird that Z is like or uh, Dax mm-hmm. is like almost three hundred years old or whatever. And hasn't climbed a tree. I'm
1: I'm I'm thirty, and I have climbed trees, and I don't yes. like going outside.
0: Well, I mean, I did when I was little, but I don't then like they, trees. Then they invented video games. Yeah, but yeah. See, I've I, always
1: had video games. There was no reason for me to ever go outside.
0: Oh, see, for the first ten years or so, I didn't have much. There was mm-hmm. there was like Atari, but that's about it. And uh, I climbed some trees. It's fun, but you know, it's it's not that remarkable. Not really. Certainly not enough to build a love story around. Doop. Let's go climb a tree. Hey. We're in a tree now. We're slightly above the ground. Isn't this great? Touching some wood. Oof. All right. We build
1: a tree fort.
0: Nah. You know, no, they didn't do that. That Let's... would have been moderately interesting. <laughs> would it? No. No, it would not. More interesting than what happened in the episode. It just so didn't care. No, nope. and then and then uh, Brian actually pointed this out as because you know at the at the end of every episode we we uh, wrap up recording like okay what's next week, and Brian had seen a little ahead and he's like oh this is the worst makeup in the history of Star Trek I'm like okay you're you're you know obviously I don't know about that
1: I mean do you remember those uh, those weird painted guys that Cork and uh...
0: yeah but he's right yep. actually because it's the laziest they it... put a dab of yellow on their temples mm-hmm.
1: that is it. We're the yellow temple aliens from uh-huh. yellow. Miridian.
0: Yep. Just uh, and okay, so they're in the gamma quadrant.
1: Shouldn't, oh yeah. Let's...
0: Sh- well, no, no, no that, that's that's a whole other thing. But uh, shouldn't the planet maybe be slightly not like Earth? Like as far like okay, we established that this ancient alien race seeded the galaxy. Blah blah blah, whatever. Mm. But it feels like the further away you get from Earth, the less like us things will be. Yeah. But they are it's literally exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And they eat the same food, and they do all the same stuff, and everything's just... And they look almost identical. It's mm-hmm. just like... I don't know. I feel like the Gamma Quadrant, and then also in Voyager, the Delta Quadrant, should be where all the super weird shit is. Yeah. Because you get further away, and things are less like us, you know?
1: But no, it's the country club planet.
0: <sighs> just terrible. But Okay, let's talk about them being in the Gamma Quadrant. It's actually my bad thing. Okay. Y- you mentioned this in your summary a bit. Seriously, you're going back to the Gamma Quadrant. The Dick neighbors told you they don't want you in their yard. Stop going in their yard. Okay,
1: we are. Everyone is really upset about the 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 encroaching Dominion threat. They have okay?
0: mentioned it in every episode. We're on episode what seven or eight in in this season at yeah. this point, and every single episode has mentioned the Gem Hadar could show up at any time. The, the, the Gamma Quadrant. Everyone's really
1: everyone's really worried about the Dominion. So the what Dominion. do we do? Dominion.
0: Well, Let's just go back into their place.
1: We've still got the uh, that Starfleet directive to explore strange new worlds and okay. seek out new life and new civilizations.
0: Hang on though, that directive is for ships like the Enterprise. Yeah, that's their mission. Yeah, Cisco's mission is to facilitate Bejor's entrance into the Federation and help, uh, you know, revitalize their planet and mm-hmm. and protect them from any. Uh, encroaching threats like yeah. those, that that's basically his his mission help the Bajorans and and hopefully get them to join our little that's club.
1: why he's got a space station and not a ship
0: right he's got a ship now because other ships might come and hurt him yeah. and they want him to have a fighting chance that's mm-hmm. good but his mission is not to go explore things no at all uh, the enterprises was not they never did it no <laughs> but yeah it's it's not his job to go poking around in the gamma quadrant at best Maybe they still send some ships out there, mm-hmm. but not his. No, absolutely not. I And the thing is, there's no reason plot-wise, like, not that I like this story, but you could have told it with, we're off in an unexplored or, or uh, a part of, uh, like, the Bajoran sector that's that's not very well-traveled, mm-hmm. and this planet appears every 60 years, and it hasn't been charted because it only appears every 60 years. <gasps> Suddenly there's a planet there. Yeah. Like that that would have worked just fine. That's,
1: I, it's, I mean, it's almost interesting. It's nuts not, here
0: no, it's that. not. But it's it's a setup for the same situation that wouldn't be violating a basic plot point. No, which is you know we're scared of these people, and their main beef with us is that we're playing around in their in their quadrant. So let's go back to their quadrant. Yeah, Ugh.
1: it's like this. Ha- this came up before when uh, when we had the uh, the first appearance of the founders. Yeah, when they're like, don't come into. Don't come into the Delta Quad, or the Gamma Quadrant. And, and somebody was like, well, like, well
0: we're, g- we're gonna go to the Gamma Quadrant. Well,
1: we're not not gonna go into the Gamma Quadrant. What are you, nuts? It's not yours. You don't... I'm sorry, guys. It's I... not
0: yours. It doesn't belong to you. Like, I... you, you know the concept of claiming this space belongs to us because you do it. Yeah. So don't act surprised that someone else claims this space and doesn't want you in it.
1: You guys don't send ships into the Ro- into the Romulan Empire to poke around and see what's in there?
0: No, those guys have clearly marked this is ours. You yeah. can't come here. <laughs> and you know, we've been in in uh, hostile situations with them before and we decided to, you know, separate our space.
1: Yeah. And like what exactly is the plan here, guys? Okay? You have sent what is clearly an overpowered warship with the ability
0: the... to cloak, but you're not cloaking. You're just yeah, out exactly. there for everyone to see.
1: Just fucking flying around in the Gamma Quadrant, hoping hoping you don't run into any gem hadar p- patrols. How is that
0: going to look? Now granted, a quadrant is literally a quarter of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Like it is a huge, huge, huge area. And there's probably tons of space that isn't claimed by the Dominion, but you don't know that. You don't, you know so little about these people, you don't know where is safe and where isn't. It's Mm -hmm. better to just stay clear.
1: And here's another thing. Um, The the wormhole only opens up on a very particular part of that quadrant. Right. And... If the Dominion knows that shouldn't there be wouldn't you assume there'd be a shit ton of ships and stuff around that area?
0: Oh yeah, look, we've warned them. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And now we're going to be like right here on the other side waiting to see if they violate what we said. Yeah. You would. So think. what do you do? Fly on through. Yeah. That it and for what? For for looking at new planets. Yeah. There's still lots of unexplored space you could do that with. Mhm. Like there's no reason. Got another there's...
1: two uh two whole quadrants to poke around in.
0: Yeah, I'm sure all of the Alpha and Beta Quadrants haven't been, like, every stone hasn't been turned over. The Enterprise all the time was finding places where it's like, well, we sent a probe here a hundred years ago, but we never really got a good look around. Mm -hmm. Like, that happened all the time, because it's huge. Yep. Because they probably sent, like, the original Enterprise and all those guys from back then to look around, and they probably went in a straight line, and so there's lots of space sort of around them that never got looked at. Mm -hmm. It's just just dumb. It's dumb and I'm mad. I mean, I'm, I'm mad because the rest of the episode was just boring and I didn't care. Yeah. But yeah, it just,
1: uh. it just, it, uh. yeah. Shut up. <sighs> Shut well, up, that was, that was
0: the, that was the overwhelming sentiment of this episode. Shut up. <laughs> when they get there, the whole planet is just sitting down for dinner. I like that. Mm-hmm. Like, so hey. the entire planet. <laughs> yep.
1: Hey, you made it for first meal. Sit
0: down. What is this? Taco Bell? When is, when is fourth meal? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out. When when can I get one of them waffle tacos? Oof. Those are delicious by the way.
1: I'm worried that when I uh, start getting ready to move down to down to the states, they're going to ask me when fourth meal is because I have no fucking idea and we don't have it up here.
0: No, no, that's on your citizenship test. They won't ask you like when you first come. Oh, good. You'll you'll have time to study. Oh god. It's fine. But uh, you should try you a waffle taco.
1: Oh, trust me, I will.
0: They're they're delicious. As soon as I can. We don't have those up here either yet. We
1: just got the uh, the Doritos tacos.
0: Man, it's yeah, like I know. a third world country up there. I know. Jeez. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, there's a there's a whole series. There's a whole uh, series of like the montage of Dax and this dude falling in love. Where I just kept typing, really, really, really. Like a woman just fell out of the sky. Ugh. R- really? Let's go climb a tree. Really? Ugh. Ugh. It's terrible.
1: There is, uh, I do like uh, uh, Cisco and Dax's goodbye scene. Yeah, that was that was your good thing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, which we haven't addressed yet.
0: Well, and the the writers mentioned on Memory Alpha that their whole idea was that Jadzia hasn't fallen in love before. Cisco hasn't dealt with this Dax uh-huh. being in love, and that and that could have been interesting. Mm. It wasn't though. No, instead he's he's used to Kurzon who didn't fall in love with anyone, and just. Slept around a lot, mm-hmm. but no, it wasn't. But that, but that scene was, you know, it was and actually it was, it was, there was some sweet moments in there. You know, there were, and actually, her goodbye to everyone when she thought she was leaving mm. was actually good because I, I just I noticed there were varying degrees of connection between her and the characters. Like she and Julie and her friends, and he got a little kiss on the cheek. And her and O'Brien are just sort of co-workers. so he yeah. just got like a handshake. And she and Cisco are old dear friends, so he got a hug. It was just it was subtle, mm. but it's one of those like. On next gen, everyone is best friends, and they're all gonna miss everyone equally. Yep. And here, it's just a nice subtle shades of, no, you're sometimes you got work friends, and sometimes you got personal friends. It's not
1: like Worf. We were closer than anyone else that ever there was. I think I'll miss your honor most of all. (laughs) And Beverly, I have nothing to say about you.
0: Wesley, I look forward to the handsome man you're going to grow up to be. (laughs) You know an episode's bad when we're going back to skin of evil and not mentioning armis so
1: somebody mention armis nope. no oh.
0: uh the the only other thing I actually liked mm. was the the inherent horrible tragedy of the reason the planet almost didn't get to fade into its other dimension was because of Dax oh yeah she, she was almost the cause of everyone dying because she was she wanted this thing yeah I, I don't know that's that, that does strike a chord that I do like, that, that sort of awful, you know, irony of, uh, she wants to be happy and she can't be. Yep. It's ironic, isn't it?
1: Isn't it ironic? No. Well, I'm asking you a question, Doctor.
0: <clears throat> anyway, that's that's uh, all I got. Yeah. I think that's it. Just uh... I actually, the other
1: thing was, like, the, the population of the planet was only 30 people.
0: Oh, was it? Yeah. Or was that just, like, poor production
1: no i think no it was, i think they say at some point
0: okay well then i take back my comment about the entire uh the entire planet sitting down for dinner because a community of 30 people could conceivably all have one meal time yeah
1: but my point is like worse comes to worse 30 people will fit on the defiant they could take them away from that planet
0: that's true like they didn't they didn't want to go though they like their whole fading into another dimension thing
1: which no that's fine like if they can make it so that like the planet is better that's f- like that doesn't bother me that's fine but yeah. like the fact that like the only reason Dax stays behind at the end is cuz the dude doesn't want to leave like yeah if he had just like oh yeah I'll come back to DS9 with you you've got a career I've got nothing cuz I just fade out of existence every couple of every couple of days
0: yeah and and they even play with that in one of the acts he is leaving and told everyone, and everyone doesn't want him to leave, and so he decides not to. huh. like they actually went in that direction for a little while. It's
1: like, ugh.
0: yeah, none of this none. matters. Nope, none of it matters.
1: None of it matters, and if it did, if it did, it's still not interesting.
0: No, the thing is, I I like episodes that either move the plot along, which this didn't do, no, nope. or develop the characters, which this didn't do, no. Nope. Just nothing happened. Uh, you, this could, like, you could just remove this episode entirely from, from your, your viewing order, and you would not miss a thing. In fact, you should. Well, y- yeah, but we are we'll, sorry we'll,
1: if you've already watched this one.
0: We'll get to that when, uh, when we write our episode guide with mm-hmm. our should you watch it?
1: No. The answer is no, yeah, you should The answer not. is no. Exactly.
0: We were running out of clever ways to say yes and no in the guide, but, uh, but for yeah. this one, the answer is just it's gonna no. gonna
1: be very simple. No.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you have a quote?
1: I do. Here. Well, Oh, no, I know you don't need to eat, but did you ever
0: try it anyway? Once, not long after I was first able to assume the humanoid form.
1: And? And since I don't have taste buds, it was very unsatisfying, not to mention messy was a
0: lovely quote. I
1: agree. Very well. I liked, uh, we don't get as much of the old, um, wh- why do humans do this? Well, they do it because of this. That uh, we would get with Data and uh, occasionally Spock back in the day. Right. But, uh, I like, uh, I like Odo's just because, uh, he's got kind of the sense of humor about how fucking weird it is. Yep. That was messy. Yeah.
0: No, I, I like that because that was actually my note when they started talking about, you know, I, my note says, "Oh God, Odo trying to eat must have been a messy disaster." And yep. then they actually say that it was because yeah, our bodies will break it down and then create disgusting bits out of part of it and energy out of the rest of it. Yeah. And, and his body doesn't have that mechanism, so he's just got mushed up food floating around inside him. Yeah, looks like one of those like Jello with fruit in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, or or like when the uh, horrible gelatinous blob on Futurama would eat somebody. Yeah, and they just sort, sort of, of float around in them. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Well, that is all for this week. Uh, our website, postatomichorror.com. You want to write to us, it is postatomichorror at Gmail. We could not make it easier. No, nope,
1: postatomichorror.tumblr.com if you're into that oh, sort of yeah, thing. Oh, that thing. We uh, still update it.
0: There's our page on TV Tropes, which I don't have the, the address for, but just go to TV Tropes and search for it. I'm yeah. sure you'll find it. You're, Easy you're to a, find. It's the first entry. You're a savvy internet user, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um... What else? Oh, our episode guide is is available. Yeah, uh, we have now reviewed uh, and differently reviewed than we have on the show. Uh, different jokes, different different content. Uh, all of the original series in the movies, all of next gen in the movies. Uh, you can buy those uh, if you go to postomikore.com and click on store. You can you can buy those. You can also buy shirts. Uh, the the artists who design the shirts get a cut of that money, so uh, so that's good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that I believe is all the crap I wanted to tell you about. All right. Next week, without spoiling anything specific, we will see a return of a much-beloved character. Oh. Much-much-beloved in the whole history of Star Trek, not just Deep Space Nine. Is it Scotty? I'm not going to tell you, Matt. Ooh. You'll just have to tune in next week and it's find out. It's probably going to be Scotty. And our, our pal Bob will be joining us Oh, nice. That. So, uh, uh... But until then, I almost told... I almost said Safe Journeys, but that's, no. that's the other show. For this show, it's Matt saying... See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2014. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.